Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I'm Nisa. And I'm Omar. Welcome to our podcast, Help, I'm Sad. Today's episode is all about family, the good, the bad, the narcissism, and the trauma. So if you're of the melancholy variety, you're a nervous wreck, or anything in between, settle in and make yourself at home. We want to start this episode by saying Happy New Year, and thank you for supporting the show. As we enter into a new year, we hope this podcast can help you achieve a goal, start those hard conversations, or simply help you feel less alone. This upcoming year for the podcast, we will be having even more difficult conversations. The topics may get heavier, but we hope that these conversations push the envelope on mental health in the Black community. Also, if you enjoy listening to the show and want to show your support, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Also, please share the podcast with your friends and family and interact with us on social media. You can also find our social media handles in the show notes. Now let's get into the episode. So, Omar, it's a new year. Do you have any new year resolutions? I do. Um, now these resolutions aren't, um, in the Bible and they're not going to be like testimonial, like, um, commandments okay. that I live by, but they're definitely like, okay, so I'm saying all, this, all that to say, um, working out at least four days a week. That's one. Um, I want to be vegan. Okay. Completely vegan. And that's like everybody's like, no chicken. I get it. Like my mind, my like I hear that no chicken. Like right. So I can't be completely vegan, but I really want to incorporate as much vegan options as I can. Okay. Into my daily diet and and habits, whatever. Um, and just be elevated, just a new place, hopefully. Um. 
new ride, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a better, a better business model, a business model for branding in terms of my career and in in terms of what I want to do creatively. So those are just me. That's my my little thing. How about you? Um, I would year? say my first New Year's resolution is the same as yours. I want to work out at least four times a week. My goal is typically five times a week. Um, but I think four is like good. Um, I think overall I want to be more positive. I can tend to be like a pessimist and think like the worst thing is ever like is always going to happen. Yeah. So I want to have a more positive mindset, but not like toxic positivity, like very like honest positivity. Yeah. yeah. I would say I want to write more. And another resolution would be I want to read more (laughs) because I just want to keep like learning stuff. And I think my final resolution, I mean, here's the thing with resolutions. They come up like every month for me. I'm like, there's always something more I can be doing. But I guess to like set the tone for the rest of the year, I want to become financially stable. Like, I Oof. want to feel <laughs> financially safe and secure. Can I add that to my list? I right. want to be financially stable and <laughs> secure. That's, yeah. Yeah. And I want to better manage my money. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So this is the segment of our show where we do Would You Rather. So um, these questions, usually I'll try to, like, have a question that's more towards our topic and then more lighthearted. I think these questions are both off topic, but they're <laughs> in the lighthearted. So, but as we get heavier in our topics, I think I'm gonna make that this segment more lighter and lighter, just because you know we get pretty deep and really into our discussions. So, first, would you rather? Would you rather be able to edit your own personality at any time, or someone else just once? And you editing someone else's personality just once. And it's done. You can't edit it no no more. Yeah. Um, that's hard. <laughs> well, actually it's not hard because What's your initial thought? Are, where, where you what would you rather? And I'd then rather I'd rather edit my own personality. Because although I feel like there's not much wrong with my personality. <laughs> Period. Like I don't feel You're the like goat. No, <laughs> not like in an arrogant way, but just in a way. I mean, there's things about myself that I don't like, but I I think I'm pretty good at editing it on my own, like trying not to show that side. Yeah. But I think if I could only edit just one person just once, like what's the point? You know, like I want to be able to edit you all the time. It'd be, it, but it depends on like the person you're editing. Yeah, I guess. Like your forever person, if you edit that person to okay, so match you, your you're saying that I can edit this person and they would remain like that yes. forever. Oh, well, then one, obviously like I'm choosing and, that person. Done. Okay, then I'm obviously choosing my soulmate or like the person. So, so <laughs> no, would, so would you rather edit your own personality forever? You can do whenever we, with whoever, or edit or edit that one person's. I rather edit and if that one something, person. If something like if you don't want them no more, they have to stay that way. Yeah, I rather. <laughs> sounds said. bad, but I rather edit someone <laughs> okay. else's personality because for me, I'm like constantly editing it. Yeah, like there's times, obviously, where like I'm tired and I don't care to like be more presentable for you. Yeah, but like most of the time, I'm trying to be considerate of other of other people. 
I often feel like other people aren't considerate of me. So, I, yeah, I'd like to take that opportunity yeah, to, to ensure sh- that I'm treated right. Like, <laughs> <Do it. laughs> like this is a guarantee. Right. Like, yeah. Um, for me, I think I would. Because, uh, like you said, I feel like I already edit my personality day to day. Yeah. And so I feel like if, if this is a would you rather and they say you can edit your personality and it not come with maybe the anxiety, you know, that yeah. comes with it. That's like true. having to be considerate <laughs> and empathetic yeah. all the time. Um, I think I would ch- choose it out of my own personality just because, like, I, you could customize. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it could be a, like, a creative thing versus me just picking someone one time and then they're not okay, guaranteed to stay in your life. Okay, I want to change my answer. No, 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 no. Stay over there. Stay over there. <laughs> change that one person <laughs> i'm going to be a chameleon and be great you i know? didn't think about that because that would be nice like what if you just want to like travel the world and be a different person in each <sighs> place and you could like live a different life because there's not that freedom now like if you could were able to edit your personality you could have this freedom of being whoever you always wanted to be mm-hmm. and then like you can learn from that like what if you wanted to be that wild child and you're usually reserved but like being that wild child isn't as amazing as you thought it would be like it's actually cool so yeah i wouldn't change my answer yeah okay <laughs> and the second would you rather question oh let us know what you would rather do change your personality or change someone else's instagram facebook um, and twitter <laughs> and twitter yes um the second would you rather be liked by everyone you ever met or have everything you ever wanted obviously have everything I've ever wanted because I just feel like to me like how other people view you isn't really it doesn't make me feel like I'm a human you know what I'm saying like it doesn't feed me to know that someone obviously like the people I care about I want them to like me and like think I'm a good person and want to be around me but like outside of that I don't really feel that need to have everyone's approval and honestly like i'd rather just have everything i've wanted like is this material things or like other things like for the sake of argument we're going to say everything you ever wanted in terms of your needs and your wants like Mm -hmm. everything encompassing yeah so i yeah i'd rather have everything i wanted like and needed (laughs) yeah Yeah. i'd like to be able to maybe maybe we shouldn't add the needed because then the need should be its own thing so yeah just everything you ever wanted your needs are have to be met by your own your own creed but like your wants are gonna be met yeah so i'd still choose everything i've ever wanted okay how about you for me i would rather be liked Mm -hmm. um be liked by everyone i ever met only because I understand for me, right? In my mind, I'm thinking of the network. I'm thinking oh, of okay. how that could help you like although I have the want to or I have, I have maybe the want to the maybe I have the boat mm-hmm. and I can drive the boat whenever I want to, but the, if I have, if I know a captain that can drive me, you know, yeah. a better accessibility of the boat and you know, better nav- navigate than me, then why not? You yeah. know, have that network. So I'm thinking more of the network standpoint just because I can have everything I wanted, but then who's going to upkeep everything I wanted? You know what I'm saying? Who's going to, yeah. like, you know? So. But to me, like, if I had a boat, like, let's say I wanted a boat, yeah. you don't have to like me. Just I'm paying you, so just do what your job. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to and like so, me. And so, you want to be a slave master? Or? It's not a slave master if they're getting paid. If I'm paying you, just do your job. I'm okay. not even coming on the boat to talk to you. I'm coming okay. on the, vo- the boat for pictures, and I'm coming on the boat for serenity. So, well, Who else is on the boat? Who just, else is on the boat? Yes. People I care about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, everyone <laughs> that I like. Okay. Yeah, but I would definitely pick... The the first one because yeah I'm thinking of the network now I under like I I thought about just doing everything I ever wanted but like I just I don't know I feel like this is lonely like I feel like yeah it's basically like you're making a, a billion millionaire whatever mm-hmm. and you just you have everything so what's the point like what's what's next like I feel like you'll be wanting or needing the next thrill and so I just want to be able to say like oh I have these people around so I can get to the next place and anticipate you know the success of it but not really like yeah guarantee like you know what i'm saying that's why yeah. i asked if it was materialistic or not because like for me everything i've ever wanted is not necessarily like material things yeah. it's like a loving relationship or like relationships with my family you know like yeah. stuff like that yeah. so for me i was thinking like oh or like the dream job like yeah that's kind of materialistic but like to me those things are what i would want rather than like I don't know, a Lexus or something, like a yeah, car, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. For parts of this episode, I will be discussing concepts from a book called Disarming the Narcissist, Surviving and Thriving with the Self-Absorbed by Wendy T. Bihari. I want to say I first read this book maybe a few years ago when mm-hmm. I first started therapy, and my therapist made me read it <laughs> <laughs> because we had discovered, you know, through, like, recalling my childhood. Yeah. And like the major things that have made me who I am, we discovered that many people in my family could be classified as narcissists. Oh, wow. And some even had the personality disorder, which is scary. That is, (laughs) honestly, that probably scares me the most out of anything. So, this book really helped me understand narcissism. It taught me the different types of narcissists and how to interact with them in a way that doesn't make you want to kill yourself, honestly. <laughs> That's real. Um, just to stop from having to hear their lies. Yeah. So I highly recommend this book if you have or you think you have a narcissist family member. So what is narcissism? I think this word term is often used like a lot, especially now in like society and like culture, as kind of this blanket term that many people don't truly understand. Like, some people think of it as just being self-absorbed, whereas other people think of it in the personality disorder. Yeah. And I know for me, I thought narcissism was, before, like, my therapist made me, like, read this book, I thought it was basically, like, you're self-absorbed, you're selfish, you only care about yourself. Um, I understood that there was a personality disorder aspect. Like, some people are narcissists, and then some have a narcissistic personality yeah. disorder. And so I did know that there was a difference because all of us have a certain level of narcissism, right? Yeah. Just so that we can survive. We have to care about ourselves <laughs> before other people. Okay, yeah. But um, <laughs> I, in relation to my family life, I didn't know if, like, my family members had the personality personality disorder or if they were just, had narcissistic tendencies. Yeah. And so this book really helped. And in the book, it explains what a narcissist is. And it says, the term narcissism hails from Greek mythology's tale of Narcissus, who was doomed to eternally fall in love with his own image in a mountain pool 
as punishment for refusing to accept an offer of love by Echo, a young Mountain Because Narcissus could only crave but never actually possesses the image he saw reflected in the pool, he simply pined away and was eventually turned into a beautiful flower. The evocative tragedy in this myth provides us with the moral that true beauty and lovability blossom when obsessive and excessive self-love expires. Narcissists are often self-absorbed and preoccupied with the need to achieve the perfect image, recognition, status, or being envied, and have little or no capacity for listening, caring, or understanding the needs of others. This self-absorption can leave them without a true and intimate connection to others, one that offers a feeling of being understood and being held safely and lovingly in the mind and heart of another person. Such connections allow us to experience the difference between love of self and love of another. Learning how to balance self-directed attention with other-directed attention is an important part of childhood development. It is a fundamental tutorial for life, fostering the development of reciprocity, responsibility, and empathy with others. Unfortunately, it is sorely lacking in the narcissist's early development. So, I did know the like the myth- the Greek mythology of like where the term narcissism comes from. Yeah. But I particularly like the part where the author wrote, the evocative tragedy in this myth provides us with the moral that true beauty and lovability blossom when obsessive and excessive self-love expires. So I don't fully understand what that means, but I also Honest- love it. <laughs> Honestly, I don't either. And it, it's intriguing because you hear that key word, self-love. Yeah. And for somebody who struggles, who have struggled with self-esteem issues or you know we talked about body dysmorphia or you know things like that mm-hmm. it's hard to imagine you loving yourself too much to the point where you don't consider others you're, yeah or, or yeah you're, you're not considerate you know yeah. what i'm saying so yeah it's it's interesting and i like that it said that like um that there's a moral the moral of the greek mythology tale is that true beauty and lovability blossoms which basically like you reach that high level i guess of true love or true lovability and true beauty when you are selfless Mm -hmm. and i think that's interesting because i think it's interesting because i think there's a fine line you know like between being selfless and like like you can be too selfless yeah and so I do think that's why it's healthy to have a certain level of narcissism. And like later in the episode, we'll talk about healthy adult narcissism and what that looks like. But I think, especially as black women, like we're taught to be like selfless and we're shown selfless behavior a lot of the time. And so I think it kind of reinforces that, which I don't necessarily like, you know, yeah. like that being selfless is a beautiful thing which it is but like it can also be detrimental yeah but the thing with narcissists is that they don't understand that like there's no balance you know what i'm saying it's like it's all about me yeah rather than having that balance of being like okay i need time for myself or i need to be selfish here but i can be selfless with you later or you know what i'm saying right right right. and i think it also comes to a point where like when you say narcissist in my mind although we've we're talking about it in a different light. Initially, before, if I was ignorant to what nar- narcissist really was, it seems like in our society we're ma- we're making it. It's a lot more popular now for us to talk about narcissists and empaths and that being like the verses and one being more evil than the other. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Um, so like 
before I'm thinking narcissist as a person, it's really hard for me to like conceptualize a narcissist as a person because a person may act that way at that moment, but like it changes another moment. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Are you saying you don't, you can't conceptualize someone who's like maybe the entire, the entire, entire, so like of someone the who has a narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. It, it's like, and so, but I can see the traits. Yeah. And then I can just think and, of Ted Bundy. Exactly. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's, that's a poignant point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with him in mind, it, it makes. I mean, he has other personalities, right? But, that, well, but but that's prominent. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's like the overall who he is, like right. type of thing. So I guess in that sense, I, he'd be the first person to come to mind. But before, if he wasn't a thought, it would be like how how could you tell? How could yeah. you confront? You know what I'm saying? What what is that? Yeah. Yeah. And also, I just want to take the moment to say, like, not all. Not all people with narcissistic personality disorders are dangerous or like yeah. are Ted Bundy. You know what I'm saying? Like they're living in our everyday lives. Unfortunately, no, not unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> like they're living in our everyday lives, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're like normal people in the sense that they're not like Ted Bundy. They're not like necessarily inherently dangerous. That was just a poor example that I gave. That was extreme. I feel like yeah, that was the was, extreme. Everything on the spectrum. Narcissists. Have a spectrum. I feel like yeah. there's those killer narcissists, and they're just like the like innocent, like just picking at you, trolls, literally. Right. <laughs> so, how do you know if the difficult person or people in your life are narcissists? So, in the book, they provide a checklist, and here are some of the traits that make someone a narcissist. They are self-absorbed. They act like everything is all about him or her they're entitled they make the rules and break the rules they're demeaning they put you down and is and they are bullish they're demanding they demand whatever they want they're distrustful they're suspicious of your motives when you're being nice to them they're perfectionistic they have rigidly high standards things are done by his or her way or no way they're snobbish they believe he or she is superior to you and others and they get bored easily uh, they're approval-seeking. They crave constant praise and recognition. They're unempathic. Um, they're uninterested in understanding your inner experience or they're unable to do so. Unremorseful. They cannot offer a genuine apology. They're compulsive. They get overly consumed with details and the minutia. They're addictive. They cannot let go of bad habits and they use them to self-soothe. And they're emotionally detached. They steer clear of feelings. If you've checked less than 10 of the 13 traits, the difficult person in your life most likely meets the criteria of overt maladaptive narcissism, the most common and difficult form. Okay, so do any people, if you feel comfortable answering this, do any people in your life fit this checklist? Oh, yes. Um, several. Now, like, now in my older age when I'm actively becoming aware of my mental health and taking initiative and being accountable for it I can see people's relations to me that is more narcissistic mm-hmm. um and it's hard for me to, <laughs> it's hard for me to kind of like talk about the narcissistic traits of a person because it's almost talking to almost talking to their character in a, in a way uh-huh. and not in a bad way but like in a way that you know they can improve. Like we yeah. can all we can all improve. Yeah. So, 
Um, yeah, family members, you know, parents. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, parents definitely, ha- I think, both have their tendencies Yeah. Um, that I was not aware of or that I thought was not normal because it, I don't feel like, I feel like the generation before us was like brought up under a different guidance or a different idea yeah than we are societally at right now so um it made for made for a lot of silence in the house in terms of having mm-hmm. conversations to develop a closer relationship or understanding of said feelings you know what i'm saying in respect yeah. of those feelings so yeah i, I think we have those i think that's a, like what you said there was a lot of silence in the house i feel like if that was that perfectly describes to me what a relationship with a narcissistic person feels like is silence like to me it's silence from the narcissistic person meaning not just like um not like just literally being silent but like silent in the sense that there's no emotional connection yeah there's you won't apologize. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like that type of silence. There's a silence of like coldness, like not connecting. Um, a silence of like, I know I can't tell you things because you are narcissistic and you're either going to refute what I say and kind of diminish how I'm feeling in that moment or you're going to lie and say that it never happened, which is gaslighting. <laughs> right. Um, or maybe not even lie, admitting from the truth. And yeah. that's a, a form of lying, you know what I'm yeah. saying, which is gaslighting. So so I think the way you described it was perfect because it is silence. And then silence, like, on the pers- the other end. Like, yeah, being like, definitely. I'm just going to keep things to myself or I'm just going to pretend this isn't happening because it's easier to cope that way. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I definitely think that was, like, a great way of describing a narcissistic household or, like, growing up with narcissistic people i think for me there are a lot i have the physical copy of the book in my hand right now and i have checked off all but three that are on the list wow and so as she said on the next page (laughs) um if you checked at least 10 of the 13 traits which i did um it meets the criteria uh, criteria for overt maladaptive narcissism so, and these are for more than one person. Like, you know, these are for multiple people in my life that I've checked this list. And it explains a lot. I'm going to be honest. It explains when I did this, I was like, oh, that's why I'm in therapy. And that's why I've had depression. And that's why, you know, I don't feel like I can be myself. Like, there's, it was really eye opening. And I'll just tell you a few of them on the checklist that I felt like I could identifying some people in my life so emotionally detached yes <laughs> i don't know what further more. to say right, right. <laughs> very emotionally detached people in my life unremorseful a major one i can never i tell you right now at a young age i realized i will never receive an apology from major people in my life who should have offered i feel like should have offered me an apology yeah and it's sad but it's also like it's just the reality like you can't with anyone you can't expect an apology because you can't control people but with narcissistic people why even bother you know what i'm saying like i'm not even going to hope that you give me an apology because i know what the situation is i know you think you've done nothing wrong in the situation and i know that you will never 
be self-aware enough not never well people with narcissistic personality disorder there's a high chance of never but if you have narcissistic tendencies it takes a lot for you to be less self-absorbed you know what i'm saying yeah yeah and so i definitely could relate to the unremorseful part i remember um realizing with my father that like oh I'm what's the point of me telling you how you've hurt me because you're just not going to accept it and you're never going to apologize. And that was a hard thing for me. I still I don't ex- ever expect an apology from my father, but I think that's something that still is hard for me to grasp is the concept that like you could if I were to break down in front of my father for all the things that he's done. Like I'd have to cope with the fact that he would never apologize. And to me that's so crazy like in my mind, it's hard to imagine that you could look your child in the face and see their heart broken and be like, nah, I'm good. Like, yeah. I didn't, none of this happened. You're literally making this up or it's not as bad as you think it was or I did the best I could. Like, don't even try with that. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's crazy It's like the, it's that the idea of co-creating another human being and not seeing... The yeah. importance of what you have created. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think self-absorbed, obviously the number one on the checklist. I mean, we're all self- self-absorbed to a certain uh, extent, but the people in my life who are narcissistic, very self-absorbed. <laughs> like, it's always about them. You know what I'm saying? Like, Can if they're not factored in, <laughs> they're not factored in, they don't want to be there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, um, an example. Yeah, I would. I would. I don't know why I can't think of one. There, oh, on top I of my actually head. might have one. Well, let me know if this is one. Right? Okay. Um. So, I think everybody has their own family dynamic, and so breaking down my family dynamic, on my mom's side, um, my mom's parents are weren't weren't together when they were growing up, so. Uh, I was I was a little more closer to my mom's dad than I was to my mom's mom. Um, don't know the reason behind the closeness be- between the two, but needless to say, I don't have a lot of memories with my my nana growing up in terms of just relatively closeness to how she interacted with us. Um, but needless to say, there's a lot of times where um, we have big events like graduations or birthdays, or whatever, and she, he wants to make sure she's included. Mm-hmm. Um, to the to the degree that maybe puts other people in uh an uncomfortable position because it's like we've made room for you, but like we're not making too much room because we've actually done the work or put the work in to see you, this person through. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. And so, would that be a a a way of like forcing herself into inserting herself into a family? And then that's another dynamic because, like, you're the nana, like you're the grandmother. Why why wouldn't you be included? Yeah. Um, but it's like you. Don't, I don't know. It's yeah. I think it there is a level of like self absorption there, and I think. Like feeling old the moment, the good yeah. moments, but not like actually showing up for like the small yeah. 
that's Maybe like very so self-centered energy right like i'm just going to do what's good for me like i'm just going to prioritize what's <laughs> good for me which is like that's the thing it's like there's nothing wrong with saying i need to take a step back but there's a hypocrisy there right like why can you only be there for the good stuff but not for the bad stuff and i think it gets even worse if they make a commentary on it or they make it seem like well i've been there for everything or like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if and they try to play the victim or try to play, like, or try to tell a, a narrative that is not the truth, you know what I'm saying? It, especially if it's like, one person against them. a group of people, it's like, you're seriously going to. That's another thing that narcissists like to do is, like, they try to be like, oh, I'm the victim, or like, you can't tell me my truth. Right. And it's like, <laughs> okay, but if 10 people are telling you this is this what is happened, <laughs> and there's concrete proof in front of, both of our eyes that's just lying <laughs> when you say <laughs> that, that right so you're the one who looks stupid here because we all know what's happening right right yeah and and but you still want to live in a light that right you're right you know what i'm exactly. saying everything's mis- being misconstrued and, and so it's really sad like i used to not feel sad about like i used to not have this empathy for it right because it was just understandable because it's like, okay, what you've done has hurt me. So it's hard to be empathetic in that moment, right? But then you take a step back and you're like, this is really sad, like, that you can't get outside of yourself. Like, you can't, like, something hurts you so bad that you can't see how you're hurting other people. And when people try to tell you that you're hurting them, you shut down and you don't accept it. And I think that there's a level of denial because there's shame yeah. associated with it. And that's so sad that someone is has shame. I mean, you have shame because you know what you did was wrong, okay? But at the same time, it's sad because it's like, if you weren't so scared to like dive a little deeper into why you have that shame, or you weren't so scared to just maybe possibly just a little, un poquito, <laughs> except <laughs> that you hurt someone. Yeah. Like, that's just really sad that, I don't know, I just find something really sad about that. And I only feel that way today because I can't promise what I feel tomorrow. Because right, right, some no. days I'm like, how dare you? No, <laughs> like, the, I think it's, I, I, emotions are, are, are waves and our yeah. emotions are forever fluid. Yeah. And so, for me, I feel like in my younger years, I was very empathetic to what she could have possibly had going on. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because I, I didn't know the full scope of the story. I still don't know the full scope of the story. Um, So there's a level of just minding my business and just respecting what it is to be what it is. I'm in, right. just being in my kid's place. But as I'm adulting, there's just certain dynamics in our relationship as it pertains to me and then my mom. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And like, I'm less affected and can be more empathetic to the way she loves, how she loves, right. versus my mom, who is her mom. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I can relate di- to that, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be <laughs> yeah. a different dynamic, and she's not going to understand, like, well, Nana, like, da 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 Like, it's not going to be the same conclusion to the type of love given and received. Yeah. Um. So I'm just now coming to grips, like, how to operate and navigate that because it's, it, it's difficult, yeah. to say the least, especially because you, I don't I don't know for anybody else, but for me, ideally, I would love for my family to 
be like cool and everybody yeah. be more than cool but actually love one another unconditionally and actually be a village to hold each other accountable and yeah. be there for the good and bad like it's like the picture perfect like yeah, I, have the, I don't saying? know why like I have the movie. idea and, I, and I, I don't know I can't say it's movies because movies are they they have conflict they too. have you know but, what but at the end it's always like oh we've come together and it's like, but will we ever come together? Right, really, like, it, we still have questions in the back of my mind. We are we gonna ask those questions right. behind the scenes? Or are we gonna like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. So, but that I can totally relate to that, especially the dynamic between your mom and her mom, and yeah. then my mom and her mom. Like, how would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's easier for me to, hmm, I'm going to expose something, but okay. It's easier for me. So my grandmother has narcissistic tendencies, right? And it's easier for me to detach from that because she's not my own mother. Yeah. Now, if you talk about my father, who also has narcissistic tendencies, I'm more emotional about it, which is understandable because he's my parent. But I think it's hard for me to... I don't know why, but like I can accept what my dad has done to me. But the fact that you are going, the things that you've done have hurt my mother. Like my grandmother mm. has hurt my mother. I'm like, this is unacceptable. And because I am detached to it, I can confront it more. Whereas I see, I think it's harder for people who are immediately connected to the person to confront someone, like confront them about it because it's like, oh, that's my parent or 
that's my sibling or whatever you know and you're like i don't want to lose them but it's also like you kind of already did you know what i'm saying like if you think about it it's like they're not the person they're they might not ever have the ability to be the person that you need them to be and so you have to let that go yeah then i'm also thinking like like we're in a space where we're speaking we're forward thinkers in terms of our progression and conversation Mm -hmm. so when i speak about maybe the transgressions of my of my parents or anybody closely related to me or not i still want to honor them you know what i'm saying it's not i'm never in a place of malice especially if i'm on this podcast i want to be in a a healed space because i know who i know people are listening i don't know who's necessarily listening it's an anticipation maybe you know of of who could possibly be listening but i don't yeah. know for sure and so when i speak about these people i i love them dearly but they, but still they're human right and i think the human in them that clashes with my human where mm-hmm. i think is what we're you know talking about and discussing yeah um so in that you know my mom deals with that with her mom um who may have i think my mom my grandmother is probably more narcissistic than then I realize, probably, I'm like I'm a- actively thinking about it. And there's probably things that have happened that you don't know about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I think for me that was something that I was like, okay, like I was able to recognize on my own, like my grandmother is narcissistic in many ways. But then if you if I have a conversation with my mother and she reveals things that I've never known before, I'm like, oh, you've taken this to another level. Yeah, no, no, so seriously. I'm like, okay, like I didn't realize it could get worse, but here we are. Here we are dealing with it. Yeah, so I think that's also the thing is like you never really know how bad it is, especially when people keep things to themselves and like hold it in. Especially yeah. your family because yeah. they're literally your bloodline. Mm-hmm. And so when you find out, when I find out stuff about my grandmother or my mom tell, or, you know, just different like that. It's one thing to think about them having to deal with it and then having, you know, judgment, human basic judgment of what what you thought about them holding that in. Right. But then there's the other side, right, when you get past your judgment, where it's like, now how do do I apply that to me? Like, Mm -hmm. I see narcissistic tendencies in my grandmother, which she may have passed down to my mom, unaware of, you know, what that looks like. And because my mom wanted to parent differently she may have passed down some traits unknowingly to me yeah you know what i'm saying and now that i'm kind of getting the information i'm kind of putting pieces together like oh this is why i act like this or this is why i sometimes shut off here when conversations are brought up in this manner you know what i'm saying like yeah and really and that's real that. yeah <laughs> that's so, real. so like realizing like taking a look in the mirror and be like wow like i am being the person i don't want to I be. genuinely thought and I would never be. You don't have control. It feels like you don't have control over it because it's just like in you. Yeah. But you do have control because you're able to recognize in that moment. Obviously, you have control. But it's kind of scary because like I'm always doing that self check. I'm like, am I being like so and so? Yeah. Am I do? Am I being like my father? Because I'm someone who's like I don't want to be that way. I'm sure there's great things about him. Okay. But the, what I've experienced have not been great. So I don't want to be that way like ever yeah. right and so it's sometimes it's like this thing where you tried so hard to fight it that sometimes you become it yeah and that's what's really scary because you're like okay well i want to try hard and like read all the books and go to therapy and do all that stuff so i don't become that person but then you're like am i trying too hard and then i'm gonna become that person yeah and it's like i guess you just kind of have to let it work itself out um while also doing the work 
and going to therapy. No, <laughs> no, seriously. I, yeah. Therapy is underrated even now if we talk about it. Like, I'm the other half of the of our <laughs> duo who is not in therapy yet. Yeah. And I can't, I, right now, and I'm in a space where I can actually go to therapy and feel like I'm going to be open and honest and yeah, work good. on the things that I want to get to working on because, I mean, I can say I want a, a family and kids and all these things, but if I'm not working towards that and it's only a dream, a hope, an aspiration, it's it's just that because I don't have any will, power behind what it is that I desire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. So, so how do you currently interact with narcissistic people in your life? Do you think it's working for you? Um, I'm very solo dolo, very yeah. to myself. <laughs> um, like I, 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 I recognize people's narcissistic tendencies and usually when I'm uh, like usually when I'm confronted with somebody being narcissistic ish Mm -hmm. not maybe towards me but towards me I'm not saying I'll ignore it but I won't acknowledge it you won't like engage yeah I won't I really I honestly won't engage yeah and if I do engage that's good (laughs) it probably either I'll call them out on it and I'll like question them to a point where they question themselves because like mm-hmm. you're you know you're like BSing right now like right. <laughs> please stop <laughs> or you know because sometimes I troll too so I might just play into the narcissism because I feel like yeah. I have those narcissistic traits that we just <laughs> play off you know anybody else's so yeah I don't try to spew out that energy but if that's what's given i don't know sometimes it depends on my, depends on my mood or my attitude <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> that's true really yeah uh, but n- n- most times i'm quiet how about you so growing up i internalized a lot of the stuff because yeah. the people in my life who were narcissistic they raised me like i was around them and i internalized a lot of it like i i knew something was off <laughs> like i was like this doesn't feel this right <laughs> But I don't know what it is because I didn't, I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the terms. Like, I was a kid. Like, yeah, I didn't know yeah. <laughs> about narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah. So I was just like, this doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. I don't feel good about myself when I'm around them. But it just is what it is. I can't change anything because I'm a kid. Yeah. And so I was very quiet and I, like, shut down. Um, And then at a certain point, it was before I entered therapy, I was like, okay, I was still like, this doesn't feel right. I still don't necessarily know what it is. But I don't want to deal with it anymore. Like, yeah. I was at a point where I was like, I'm fed up. Like, yeah. I need to figure out how to not be around these people anymore because it's draining and it causes me depression. It makes me feel like I'm not good enough. All of those horrible things. Yeah. And then I went into therapy and then we identified what it was. And I was given tools to interact with people who have narcissistic tendencies. And I learned about boundaries. Which was like, <laughs> and you're, you're like, um, this seems obvious, but then right. you're like, wow, what a new concept. And so that was like, I'm going to be honest, setting boundaries with narcissistic people, even if you don't like them or you feel like that you don't need them in your life, it's still scary because it's like, you've been around them. So there is a level of like love or a level of like comfortability, comfortability yeah. like of just knowing those people and them being there. So when I first was given the, like, opportunity to set a boundary, I was terrified. Like, I tried to back out of it multiple times. 
I was like, how am I going to say this? How are they going to react? And it was a learning experience. I'm going to say that. It was a learning experience because I was like, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It felt good in the sense that I felt like I got off what I need, like got off everything on my chest and I set the tone. But it was also scary because it was like, for me, I'm the type of person like, I'm not worried about what you're going to say because it's going to hurt me. I'm worried about what you're going to say because it's going to hurt me and then I'm going to say things. Yeah. And the things I say aren't going to be respectful. The things I say are going to hurt a lot. Yeah. And so I don't want to be that person, but sometimes people take you to that place. And I know narcissistic people can take you there because they know the buttons to push, okay? Yeah. And so I was scared. I told my therapist that I was scared about how I was going to react because I knew that when I told this person that I need to set a boundary, that that person was going to deny. Okay, that's like trademark narcissism. Deny, pretend nothing happened. Pretend that gaslight, pretend that I am overreacting to the situation or that the situation didn't happen at all. And play the victim, right? And I'm someone, you hit all those, fireworks are going off. Right. I, right. I'm not going to be nice anymore. I'm not going to be respectful anymore mm -hmm. because you're doing these things to take away from what you did and that's what the thing that sets me off right like yeah, i'm not trying to yeah. get riled up no, but i'm just it's, like it's, it's how dare you not take accountability you know what i'm saying and yeah. i think that's what like when you were talking about um your family member right and you were saying like you said something and i was just wondering like if it was you know it's easier when you're younger to kind of look the other way but when you get older it's kind of like or to like not take as much offense right yeah. but when you get older it's like hold up but i'm reading the books i'm going to therapy i'm doing the work it's painful i'm depressed i'm meditating i'm working out i'm doing all the good things right i'm trying to do things Actively. so that i can become more self-aware yeah. and not hurt other people yeah and you're telling me i'm telling you how i feel and you can't accept it once just give me one time yeah. Okay, you can't accept it once. That's what's really frustrating about dealing with a narcissist person. And that's what I was scared F for me and for the other person. I was scared yeah. that I was going to say things that I couldn't take back. And, and I was going to be the to. person. <laughs> right. And I was going to be the person that I didn't want to be. Yeah. Because I, you knew how to push my buttons. And that's another thing. I don't want you to win. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want you to feel like, ha, I made them come out of their character. Right. Like. They're so, trying to tell me about something that they're doing right, right now. So and that's how, the thing. And the narcissistic person will flip it on you. Well, you just called me all these names or you just said all this, but you're going to act like you didn't start okay. stuff. Right. Okay? Like, this is not your fault. <laughs> right. Like, we're not sitting here because you want us to start with me. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think boundaries are an important component of having a relationship with a narcissist narcissistic person. But the thing is, a narcissistic, in order to have a good relationship or like not a good but like an uh an effective relationship with a narcissistic person is you have to uphold the boundary you know you know what i'm saying like you can't just be like okay this is the boundary and never reinforce it because a narcissistic person will just go right back go into, right back to the normal way that yeah, it was to normal. and they're not going to respect the boundary yeah they're gonna be like oh the boundary is down right now so i can railroad you know yeah yeah <laughs> this whole situation that is, is pretty hard to establish that and i think 
establishing boundaries within yourself before attacking boundaries that you're supposed to establish with other people will, I think, tremendously help you uphold those those boundaries that you know should be upheld to those narcissistic narcissistic individuals in your life. So what type of narcissist are you dealing with? The book details two specific types of narcissists, the spoiled dependent and the deprived dependent. For the spoiled dependent, the narcissist in your life might best be characterized as having been spoiled as well as dependent. In this case, not only will he act entitled and feel superior, he may also feel dependent and incompetent, as his parents were always waiting on him and rescuing him instead of helping him develop the necessary skills of self-reliance and functionally appropriate dependence. As an adult, he may show up as entitled and expect to be doted on and indulged. Or he may avoid taking initiative and making decisions because he has an underlying fear of shamefully exposing his limitations and failures when tackling the everyday decisions of life. Then there's the deprived dependent. Another combination that might characterize your narcissist is being both a deprived type and a dependent type. In this case, he will be easily offended as well as dependent, needing others to constantly reassure him that he is great and manage life for him. Discreetly, he seeks out others to protect him from a deeply felt sense of shame about his defective, lonely, and inadequate self. Okay, she just read this person. Okay. He may come across as needy and hypersensitive rather than demanding and show-offish. He may show signs of being addicted to self-soothing behaviors such as working, spending, gambling, pornography, overeating, and so on. You might refer to him as a high-maintenance type, and he will. and while he may have a longer fuse, beware when he's forced to face the frustration of a challenging task or finds himself finds himself the butt of one of too many jousts and verbal repartee, his sensitivity to feeling foolish and defective may either launch him into the tyrannical state of meanness typical of narcissists or cause him to disappear within his stonewalled silence abyss. So what type of narcissist are you dealing with? The spoiled dependent speaks as if he or she is superior to others, whether in terms of looks, intelligence, accomplishments, or other regards. They expect special attention from almost everyone or acts as though the rules don't apply to him or her. They interrupt others when they are speaking, assuming that his or her words are of much greater import. They're prone to temper tantrums or avoidance when he or she can't figure something out or things don't go his or her way. They speak in long-winded monologues and view themselves um, as an expert on everything who should not be interrupted. So let's first talk about the spoiled dependent, right? So that checklist I just read, yeah. um, out of the five things I said, I had marked four for the people in my life. And I think when, when you think of spoiled dependent, you think of like the trust fund kid or like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. a person who's been spoiled all their life. And so they're dependent on other people and they act entitled to everything. Um, but I think there's another level like that I have noticed because like that's not the narrative. That's like not how my the people in my life yeah. <laughs> were raised. But um, I think for me where the spoiled part comes in is like expecting special attention. Like there's people in my life who expect that when the attention isn't on them, it better be back on them. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or like playing victim that's expecting special attention. Mm. Um. I also. I wonder if I have, have anybody in my life like that. <laughs> hmm. I've also experienced the long-winded monologues. People just go on and on. 
Sometimes I do that. I think I, that's not. I, I be like, when you read when you read the checklist, you know, part of me, uh, of course, looks at the outside of me, but mm-hmm. like maybe the narcissistic part of me just automatically thinks of like what traits do, am I possessing? Like, do I overspeak? Do I like you know what I'm right. saying? Just because. I don't want to be like that. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely good to like self-evaluate, you know, yeah. like, to just to make sure that you aren't that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for the deprived dependent, um, there's only three things on the checklist to look for. And the first one is constantly fishing for compliments, recognition, and favors. Feels insecure and inadequate underneath the appearance of a sturdy facade. The second one is they demand explanations and clarification in conversations. Often they feel that people are trying to hurt, humiliate, or take advantage of them. And the third is they turn on you or hide when frustrated or hurt. They feel entitled to protecting their ego through attack, distraction, or consumption. And um, I only checked one on here. Um, And it's, again, for playing the victim. Like, you know, uh, feeling hurt or, like, when you express yourself, they might be like, oh, you're trying to hurt me or humiliate me or make me look like a bad parent or make me look like a bad sister whatever you know whatever um i gotten a lot of that Uh, (laughs) and i think even in that like this is where i said like i'm trying hard not to be like the people who do have those narcissistic tendencies that i'm related to because i can be that way myself sometimes like and it's not even like a true intention like i'm not trying to get attention or i'm not trying to be self-absorbed in that moment but sometimes it genuinely feels based off of past experiences, just like for narcissists, it feels like someone is purposely trying to hurt me or purposely trying to humiliate me or make me feel like a bad person, whatever. Yeah, I th- and I think, I think it amplifies because if you're not a person who has ever been victimized, especially in your childhood, you wouldn't understand maybe the mentality behind feeling like someone's trying to take advantage of you, take advantage of you when you least expect it. Because right. you're not like, cause I don't think any human beings always 100% aware of themselves and what they do and who they talk to and, you know, how they present. So, like, in those moments where you're not aware, you become aware of, like, oh, I'm doing, I'm doing so, so I'm eating. Like, mm-hmm. who am I around? Is, is is somebody watching me? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, you always, you always have to have your guard up, especially nowadays because people don't care. Yeah. And I think the level, de- I think the level of depression, anxiety that a lot of people haven't seen, and I think it goes deeper. It goes deeper than the narcissistic traits that we are alluding that is hurting mm-hmm. other people. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. the I and honestly, I think a narcissist. I don't. I don't think a narcissist is born. I think they're created, and then like yeah, I it think creates so more too. narcissists. You know what I'm saying? That's, yeah, it's a cycle, and so because it's mas- like if you read the book, they'll like, explain like narcissistic people are people you know it's like they're still human yeah it's not like they're like these villains in a movie like they have a backstory you know origin story people don't care about the backstory yeah they they see the villain just as a bad person yeah Yeah. and i don't think narcissists not all narcissists okay not tim but he's (laughs) a bad person (laughs) but like the people in your everyday life they tend not to be bad people and if they are it's because of what has happened to them and for whatever reason they can't get past it and i'm not gonna say what that reason is i don't know you know what i'm saying like for some people it's denial it's shame it's guilt it's it's honestly something simple that we that that the will of them won't be able to yeah grasp onto you know what i'm saying yeah yeah and many people who 
are narcissistic, they sometimes could have suffered abuse in many forms. And so I think them becoming narcissistic and being so like it's about me as a way to protect themselves so that they ensure that like I'm putting myself first. I'm making sure I'm hurt. I'm playing the victim because I need the attention because I need people to respect me and you know, but they're doing it the wrong way and they, they sometimes realize it and they don't care, which is a harsh reality or they realize it and they feel trapped and they can't get out of it. What does healthy adult narcissism look like? Healthy narcissism contains the seeds of assertiveness and self-respect. While healthy narcissism sounds like an oxymoron, in reality, narcissism occurs along a spectrum within the human condition. Embodied in human nature itself is a tendency for narcissistic expression, and that isn't all bad. So I think we talked about that a little before. Like, Narcissism can be healthy because it's a a survival mechanism, right? It's to be like, I need to take care of myself so I can take care of everyone else. Or yeah. I need to take care of myself um, well, just for that. Okay. So <laughs> um, there's a checklist for the traits that are healthy adult narcissism. So one trait is that you're empathic. They are attuned to the inner world of others. They're engaging. They are charismatic, socially literate, and interpersonally companionable. They have leadership skills. They can conceptualize a purpose or a vision and can formulate a direction when collaborating with others. They're self-possessed. They are confident and rigorously committed to generosity and authenticity. They're recognition-seeking. They are fueled by positive approval and motivated to make a difference. They are determined. They can push beyond dense briars of opposition. They're confrontational. They hold others accountable but without assassinating their souls. Ooh, that was deep. Okay. Mm. And they're wisely fearful. They can discern between reasonably disquieting solicitation and destructive seduction. Okay, so. Big word, big word. Right. (laughs) I think for me, I thought like confrontational. I used to think confrontation is bad. But when you're dealing with a narcissist, it's like you need confrontation. Because that's like the only thing they see. Like they accept because they're confrontational. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Okay. Do you think you have narcissistic tendencies? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure, mm-hmm. I and I'm making at 26. I'm making peace with that. Yeah, and not to say that I'm not consistently working on how to improve, but like, it's a doggy dog world, and there's a level of narcissist <laughs> that I need to survive so that yeah. I can get through the next day. Yeah, type of thing because I'm not. I don't feel like I'm out here to get anybody. I don't have that in my body. You know what I'm saying? Like my intention in the world is to. Yeah. Live rich and, you know, <laughs> yeah. on Spice Beach and, you know, flourish. I think <laughs> I think that's very hard to do when you have people who maybe undermine your dreams, your mm-hmm. ideas, maybe don't see it for you because of their own perception of what you're supposed to look like or what you're supposed to do. So, yeah, that's a whole nother situation, conversation, I guess. Um, But, yeah, I, I typically I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah i think we all do i think i have narcissistic tendencies for real like i don't i think being around narcissistic people it, like the fact that there were so many people in my life that are like that not like so many like it's not like every person <laughs> i have ever been around but like the core people the people that matter to me the people that have influenced me and had an impact on me i think has made me the opposite you know what i'm saying like i am an empathic person i am an empathic person and i think 
there are times when I can definitely be narcissistic. Like, I can see that in myself. Like, I am selfish. I'm a Leo, so there's a level yeah. of selfishness there. I'm a Gemini. But not in the sense that I want attention, just in the sense that, like, if I have to, if you push me, I will choose myself over you. You know what I'm saying? Or there's certain parts of my life where I won't budge that this is what I need and I don't care about what you need. Yeah. And that's just purely, that's self-love, honestly. It's yeah. not like, and that's what they mean by healthy narcissism, right? It's like, you have to do it so that you are sane, so that you don't become crazy. You know what I'm saying? So that you don't hurt other people. I think I think the I think the art and healthy narcissistic like traits. Yeah, yeah. I think is understanding to go into the conflict with good intentions and no expectations. Amen. I think yeah. when you go in, whatever your intention is, whether it's good or bad. When you expect mm -hmm. a good outcome or you're expecting a bad one and you're already cultivating a response to whatever bad they may or may not say, it's, it's, I think that adds more to your stress and anxiety and I think pushes your healthy narcissistic, narcissistic traits into a, a bad space. Yeah. And, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't cultivate... Uh, a a great way to communicate. You know what I'm saying? I think that's yeah. what we're all trying to do. In the first, and at the end of the day, is communicate effectively, um, and conflict solve effectively. Um, and we can't do that if if what if my opinion if my opinion of you, whether it's in good intention or not, cannot be said simply because you're too offended to look past it. Right. Enough to you know. Um, yeah, and I think like. It's good to go in with like good intentions, right? But I also think it's important when you're like when with people who don't have narcissistic personality disorders or even extreme narcissistic tendencies, you can even go with that with a good expectation, right? You yeah. can be like, I expect them to act like, especially if you know the person well, I expect them to respond this way, whatever. And then, of course, there's obviously chances where they'll disappoint you. Sometimes people have bad days and they disappoint you, right? Yeah. But for me, I have personally come to realize that if I come to someone in my life who has narcissistic personality disorder or is narcissistic in any f shape or form, and these people, when I'm saying they're narcissistic, it's extreme. You know what I'm saying? I don't have any expectations. I'm going in there saying, this is about me. It's not about you. Yeah. Like, I'm just saying this because I want to get it off my chest. Yeah. And although I can assume that you won't, accept what i'm saying you won't receive it <laughs> um it's not going to affect my healing process right like i'm just going to keep moving forward yeah. this is just a step you can stay stuck where you want to stay stuck but i'm going to thrive and yeah. i'm going to move on yeah and i'm going to forgive you you know it's not going to be easy but i'm going to forgive you and i'm just going to accept you for who you are you know what i'm saying yeah. like i think that's another thing is hard to accept narcissists for who they are because there's a level of judgment and there's a level of like you hurt me, which is understandable, but it's also like they're just who they are and their their trauma has made them who they are. And yeah. like you can't control them. All you can do is set a boundary and move on and like hope for them, you know, hope that s maybe something will change. But I think expecting too much it just leads to more heartbreak. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And when you mentioned um, when you mentioned setting like no expectations mm -hmm. in terms of like um expecting 
them to have a good outcome in your disposition. Oh no, your pro. You said something about process and understanding. Oh, like healing. Yeah, understanding yeah. your healing process. Mm-hmm. If, I feel like if if you aren't understanding of your process before you go into the conversation, yeah, them derailing you will be a lot a lot easier simply because you are understanding of your process, which means you're not understanding of their process. Yeah, and they're and they're demeaning themselves to not heal. Yeah, to just stay stagnant. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm in a place now. Like it's really hard for me to remain friends with people who are content with being stagnant. That Especially is a because word. I know that there's a whole world of people who understand that growth is and evolution is forever. Yeah, energy doesn't die. It, it just changes. Yeah, and so. And honestly, staying stagnant, if you're in my life and you're staying stagnant, that just seems like you're going to hurt me at some point. Because I here's mean, you, the thing. It's no, it, you ha- you're going to. Yeah. You're going to hurt me because there's no way. Or I'm going to hurt you. Or I'm going to hurt you <laughs> I'm because hurt I'm moving feelings. and you're sitting there. Yeah. You're like a, like a bump. You're gonna, exactly. I'm, so I'm going to hit you or you're going to hit me and it's, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> I'm going to keep moving and you're going to be affected. Move. Out <laughs> <laughs> the way. Please. Please get out right. the way. If my friends say move, get out the way, I'm going right. to move. Exactly. Because I know when I when I need them to move, they gonna move. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just an understanding. I feel like if <laughs> yeah, just, y'all be on your healing process. Yeah, that's the only way to try to get to a level of honesty, transparency, communication, uh, accountability. And your relationships will thrive. Like you they can't will. go wrong healing. You they know what will. I'm saying? It's, there's no downside. I mean, in the moment it hurts, but. Healing hurts. Yeah. So it's not like a it's not like a pleasant process. I'm right. not going I'm not gonna spew that out there. But there's a level of peace and comfort in knowing that not for nothing, I think this is a healthy narcissist. I'm know I'm better than a lot a lot of people, not because <laughs> I'm better than a lot of people, but because I know I'm healing and they're not. Yes. And that makes me feel real. really that's good. real. Yeah. So You're yeah. right. That is the part of healthy narcissism because you're like <laughs> Cause I want It's like to a level that. being like when you have that um you can be, reflect on that and yeah. like accept that as who you are. Then it's like I know what I deserve. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm putting in work. Why are you not putting in work? You know, like then a, you a take people, away the energy from those relationships where you're just the only one putting in the work. Exactly, because you know your worth. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Like and once you understand your worth, and don't act like you don't know what what feeling worthy feels like. Mm-hmm. You've done things that you know you are not worthy of doing, but you do it anyways because you thought yeah. that was worth. That it was worth putting time into, mm-hmm. and so if you ever been in that situation, and you learned hindsight. Hey, that wasn't a good investment. Then you understand, at a certain degree, your person isn't worthy of of that act. Not yeah. to say that act is worthless, but it's not to your standard or should yeah. be to your standard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So at some point, we will do a part two of narcissistic family members, but. We're going to have more of a focus on how to cope with these types of people. Um, And we're going to talk about how we've coped with them and how we set boundaries without feeling guilty. But for now, I think we should just accept that we may have a narcissistic family member and that may have traumatized us in some way. So be kind to yourself during the acceptance and try not to internalize the narcissistic beliefs about yourself. And definitely don't blame yourself for how they behave. And learn to practice healthy boundaries mm-hmm. because i as i learned today there is a healthier side of narcissist narcissism that can aid you in your progression and not stunt you in your growth yeah yeah and 
if you want to learn how to set healthy boundaries and you want to so that you're ready for our part two you can read disarming the narcissist the second edition by wendy t bahari i highly recommend it thanks for joining us for another episode of help i'm sad if you liked what you heard and want to support the show please subscribe or follow and share the podcast with family and friends also please leave a rating and review on apple podcasts it really helps our show and we would love to create a community for help i'm sad listeners so don't be shy interact with us on social media you can find us on instagram and facebook at help i'm sad pod and on twitter at help i'm sad underscore pod we will be back next month with another episode until then love light and peace Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.